Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 29th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. President Trump unveiled his tax plan on Wednesday. Again, he called it a once-in-a-generation tax reform. You probably remember the president rolled out an outline for tax reform back in April. The proposal Trump outlined yesterday was substantively similar to what we got in the spring. The corporate rate would drop from 35% to 20%. That's a slight change from April. It was 15% in the original proposal. The plan would drastically simplify the personal tax brackets, dropping from 7 down to 3 at 12%, 25%, and 35%, with a possible fourth higher rate on the biggest earners. The standard deduction for taxpayers with lower incomes would double to $12,000, $24,000 for married couples. Those with higher incomes would get a repeal of the alternative minimum tax. The plan also includes a repeal in the estate tax and a one-time tax on repatriated overseas earnings. The dollar liked the plan and pushed higher, but the rally had flattened by Thursday. Gold fell a bit as expected, but not as much as some might have thought. There are some things to like in this plan. Personally, I'm all for cutting taxes, but there's a fundamental issue with this plan that we need to grapple with. Absent spending cuts, it will certainly accelerate the upward spiral of federal debt. Initial analysis by the Committee for a Responsible Budget, based on April's outline, estimated that the plan could reduce federal revenue by as much as $7 trillion over 10 years. Quote, based on what we know so far, the plan could cost 3 to $7 trillion over a decade. Our base case estimate is $5.5 trillion in revenue loss over a decade. Without adequate offset, tax reform could drive up the federal debt, harming economic growth instead of boosting it. Unquote. Cutting federal revenue would be great if the government actually cut spending and shrank accordingly, but we all know that won't happen. Trump actually wants to eliminate the debt ceiling, which is the only speed bump in the road. Even though Congress raises it every single time spending bumps up against it, the ceiling at least forces a pause and some discussion. If Trump gets his way, even that modest restraint will be pulled down. Already, the national debt is currently over 105% of total GDP. That's the highest level in history, except for a two-year spike at the end of World War II. It's easy to look at the debt and think, oh, well, so what? But it actually has important ramifications. First, let's personalize it a bit, because it's hard to even wrap your head around $20 trillion. The debt currently totals around $61,900 for every person in the United States, or $160,247 per household. Looking at it in terms of household debt, it's currently 35% higher than the average consumer household debt of $118,271. That includes mortgages, student loans, credit card balances, and automobile loans. As we discussed in a previous article, the massive national debt puts the Federal Reserve in a difficult position. It wants to normalize interest rates, but doing so would crush the U.S. budget under interest payments. Analysts have calculated that if the interest rate on Treasury debt stood at 6.2%, the level in 2000, the annual interest payment on the current debt would nearly triple to $1.3 trillion annually. Analysts have calculated that if the interest rate on Treasury debt stood at 6.2%, the level at the year 2000, the annual interest payment on the current debt would nearly triple to $1.3 trillion annually.
Just Facts pointed out another problem with this exceptionally high debt level that confirms what Committee for a Responsible Budget said. Massive debt tends to suppress economic growth. Contrary to what many journalists and pundits have alleged, there is a strong association between government debt and poor economic progress. Numerous media outlets have publicized a study said to disprove this connection, but the study actually shows what previous studies had found. GDP growth decreases by an average of about 30% when government debt exceeds 90% of an economy. The authors of this study, however, buried the data on the 10th page of their paper and wrote a deceitful overview, which the media parroted. Ever since the U.S. national debt exceeded 90% of GDP in the year 2010, inflation-adjusted average GDP growth has been 33% below the average from 1960 to 2009, a period that includes eight recessions. So here's another question about tax reform. Could Congress even get it done? Obamacare repeal 3.0 went down in flames this week. Opposition from three Republican senators derailed the latest attempt to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Senate leadership announced it will not hold a vote before September 30th deadline to use a fast-track procedure to keep Democrats from blocking the bill. On Monday, Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine added her opposition to that of GOP Senators John McCain of Arizona and Rand Paul of Kentucky, enough to sink the legislation in the 52-48 Senate. Republicans promised for seven years to repeal Obamacare. Trump made getting rid of the Affordable Care Act one of the pillars of his economic agenda, along with tax cuts, regulation reductions, and infrastructure spending. But even with control of both houses of Congress and the White House, the GOP can't get it done. So can the Republicans get anything done? Can this bunch really deliver on the economic promises Trump campaigned on? That's what makes me dubious of tax reform. I'll believe it when I see it. The notion that the same bunch that has failed three times to get rid of Obamacare can actually push through substantive tax reform seems rather dubious. Here's the thing. The entire Trump economic plan could be little more than wishful thinking. This is a big problem because a lot of people bet a lot of money on Trump delivering economic revival. You can see those bets placed in the surging stock markets. In the wake of Trump's election, they continued a meteoric rise. Some have dubbed it the Trump trade or the Trump bump. It rests on the idea that the president's proposed policies of lower taxes, infrastructure spending, Obamacare repeal, and decreasing government regulation will juice the economy. If it becomes clear most of this isn't going to happen, the trade will eventually unwind. I tend to agree with what Peter Schiff has said. A lot of Americans suffer from false optimism when it comes to Donald Trump. Granted, the president inherited a mess. He's done some positive things, especially when it comes to regulatory reform. But I really don't think Congress is going to be able to fix this mess. If Republicans can't even pass modest reforms to Obamacare, and that's what all of these bills were, they weren't even repeals, how will they ever push through substantive tax reform? It just doesn't seem likely. Here's what Peter said, quote, I think a lot of people actually believe this is a game changer, that he's going to drain the swamp, that he's going to solve all the problems, and people are now optimistic. Unfortunately, none of this is true. Nothing that Trump is likely to do is going to make any difference as far as the course we're on. Government is going to continue to grow. The Fed is going to keep printing money. We are continuing to head off the edge of an economic cliff, unquote. 
In other economic news, a report released by Fannie Mae reveals mortgage lenders facing lower profit margins are trying to expand the borrower pool by loosening credit standards. The report says government-sponsored enterprises like Fannie Mae have developed more favorable guidelines and that's, quote, helped to bring about more easing of underwriting standards for those loans, unquote. In other words, it's easier for people to get loans they won't be able to pay back. Meanwhile, home prices are soaring. Does this sound familiar? This is like a sequel to a bad movie. I have a feeling it's not going to be any better than the original. At Shift Gold, we tend to focus a lot on economic news and the latest maneuverings by central banks because we're certain the bottom is going to fall out of the economy again in the near future. When it will crash, which bubble will pop first, and how it will all play out remains to be seen, but it certainly appears that all of the dominoes are in place. That's a key reason to invest in precious metals. Historically, gold and silver have preserved and even increased wealth during bad economic times. But sometimes it's important just to sit back and look at the most basic fundamentals, supply and demand. That looks pretty good for gold right now, too. During an interview at the Denver Gold Forum, the chairman of the World Gold Council said he thinks the world may have reached peak gold. Peak gold means the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year rather than increase, as it has done pretty consistently since the 1970s. Randall Oliphant said there are signs we've reached that point. He said in the near term, production is likely to plateau at best before slowly declining. This even as demand rises, especially given global political risks and robust purchases by consumers in India and China. He said, quote, we're not going to fall off a cliff in the near term, but at the same time, it's really hard to see how we're going to produce enough gold to meet all of this demand. Gold has fallen off a bit over the last few weeks due to hawkish Federal Reserve statements during the last FOMC meeting and other economic news. But Dennis Gartman, sometimes called the Commodities King, said during a CNBC Futures Now interview earlier this week that he doesn't think the gold bull run is over. He said, quote, a year from now, gold will be demonstrably higher than where it is now, unquote. Gartman's advice, if you're not long, you should use this weakness that we've had in the past two weeks to be a buyer. No question. Whether you are a seasoned investor or somebody who's considering getting into precious metals for the first time, our precious metal specialist at Shift Gold can help you figure out the best way to incorporate gold and silver into your financial planning. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 and speak with one today. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. This podcast is available over at iTunes. We have a link at our website on the show notes page where you can just look it up at the iTunes website. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again next week.